Welcome to the Conscious Healing Podcast with Mona Loring. This is a show that marries the mystical with the practical to help you with your spiritual healing. Whether you're newly curious about what's behind the veil or you're well into your spiritual journey, this show offers a grounded exploration into all you've been seeking. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Conscious Healing Podcast. I am really, as always, excited to be here with you today discussing another topic that makes me very happy, palmistry. I have, since I was a child, been enamored by fortune telling, palm reading, all the things I was telling my friend Arizona Bell earlier today, uh, how I was a gypsy as one of my Halloween costumes back when I was, I don't know, maybe nine years old. And I was like, I was like a method actor (laughs) as that gypsy. I was like, let me fortune tell, let me do all these things. And no, back then I didn't know that I could do the things I could do uh, consciously, but hey, kind of makes sense now looking back, doesn't it? So I want to go into, like I always do, a little bit of a background about the subject that we're going to talk about. And instead of doing my research and putting it all together, I actually found a blog by the whitewitchparlor.com that explained palmistry and its background really well. So I just want to go into that and read you what that says, and you can check it out yourself. And again, it's whitewitchparlor.com. And I'm just going to read a little bit about what palmistry is known as, where it's originated, and all of that. And then we're going to jump into learning about Alice Johnson, my guest today and her history of how she's been a palm reader since she was, yes, six years old. And we will then go into the interview with her. So I'm going to read, like I said, off of the whitewitchparlor.com article about the history of palmistry. And as you know, anything you find on the internet, take it with a grain of salt. It does not mean it's absolutely guaranteed factual information at all these days. Don't get me on that soapbox. But This seemed to have a really great summary, and that's what I want to walk through with you. So we're just going to start by talking about its origination, which has been said to have started in India. And then it spread its way through China, finding its way to Egypt, Greece, and then Europe more than 5,000 years ago. As a sidebar, I actually always related my... As a child, I felt like I had uh, roots, past life roots to Greece. And yes, as a child, I had thoughts of past lives. I just didn't know what to call them. And uh, when I was the gypsy for Halloween, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Greek gypsy. <laughs> and so in my mind, I had always kind of related palmistry to uh, Greece. So it's interesting just to learn that it originated in India and then obviously it spread its way through uh, the rest of the areas that I just mentioned. And obviously it's made its way from Europe to America and so on. And it says that the practice is found all over the world now, obviously we know, with numerous cultural variations. Those who practice palm reading are generally called palmists, palm readers, hand readers, or chirologists, which I found interesting too. I'd never heard of that term before, but apparently palm reading is also known as chiromancy. Something to know that many of us might not have known before this. Despite its suppression throughout the Middle Ages and the prohibited use of it during the reign of King Henry VIII, who banned palmistry and other alternative practices, brandishing those who used it as sorcerers and devil worshippers. 
<sighs> Don't get me started on that. I can't even with the people who ban this stuff thinking that it's somehow satanic. Um, anybody who knows anything knows that this is energy and you, you want to choose who you work with. It's in the light. And okay, I'm, I, again, I'm just going to bite my tongue. That's not what this is about. <laughs> it is still flourishing more than ever today, especially in these stressful modern times when we are searching for truth and answers within ourselves. Palm reading consists of the practice of evaluating a person's character or future by reading the palm of that person's hand. I'm going to go into what it says because this breakdown is cool, but already I'm going to disagree that it's really about your quote unquote future. It's really not a predictive reading. And Alice is going to touch on that in our interview. I've always thought of palm reading as a future reading too, uh, that like when I was a child, I always thought, you know, it says how many kids you're going to have. And it does go into those kinds of things, but it's really not meant to be like a psychic predictive read at all. And you're going to learn more about that in our interview when you listen later. So this goes on to explain that various lines, the heart line, lifeline, etc., and mounts, which are the bumps on your hand, purportedly suggest interpretations by their relative sizes, qualities, and intersections. So again, the lines where they intersect on your hand, they mean something the, the area, if you lay, lay your palm flat in front of you, the, the areas that you have like lumps, basically, those all have different meanings that a palm reader would read to you and let you know what this is necessarily saying about your character, your personality, et cetera. And again, uh, Alice will go over this as well later. In some traditions, readers also examine characteristics of the fingers, fingernails, fingerprints, and palmer skin patterns skin texture and color, shape of the palm, and flexibility of the hand. Many doctors and psychologists who have investigated its science have shown from their conclusions that hands have the potential to reveal a person's character, health, and psychological states. And again, not to keep saying we're going to hear this in the interview, but it's true, Alice touches on that. She, she First of all, she's going to recommend a book that she says has some science backing, which is so cool, and I definitely want to check that out myself. But also, she was saying how during COVID, she can't do any palmistry reads because she ethically knows that you can only say so much to someone when they're putting their hand up in front of the screen, which I've seen her do uh, live readings like on TikTok or whatever. Um, but you really need to be able to hold that person's hand, feel their skin, etc. So that is definitely an important part of this. Although palmistry is a science and an art, using psychic intuition is will give you a much greater understanding about an individual, basically is what this says. I just kind of worded it my own way, but it's true. You know, obviously someone who is a palm reader, that's why I think they, they're also known as a quote unquote fortune teller, right? Because they're also psychic intuitives that are doing this, but it's not that you need any type of intuition. And again, Alice will touch on this in the interview in reading the palm. It's just the facts are right there. It's like reading a book. Like you're not going to interpret intuitively what the book's words are when you're reading a story. Obviously you can in a different way, but in general, the facts are right there on your hand, on your palm. Now it explains a reader usually begins by reading a person's dominant hand, the hand he or she writes with or uses most, sometimes considered to represent the conscious mind, whereas the other hand is the subconscious. In some traditions of palmistry, the other hand is believed to carry hereditary or family traits or depending on the palmist's cosmological beliefs to convey information about past life or karmic conditions. 
Many people do not know that the lines on the palm, as well as the shape of the hands, do change from within as little as two to three months. Okay, that's a major conflict from what Alice said. She did say there's minor, minor changes, which obviously makes sense, but she's like, for the most part, you're, you're not going to see a big change within uh, like a nine-year time frame. So again, don't read everything you read on the internet. I definitely am going to go with what Alice said. The left hand is controlled by the right brain. Pattern recognition, relationship understanding is what that goes with. Reflects the inner person, the natural self, and lateral thinking. It can even be considered to be a part of the person's spiritual or personal development. It is the yin of the personality, which is the feminine. The right hand is controlled by the left brain. Logic, reason, language reflects the outer person, objective self, influence of social environment, education, and experience. It represents linear thinking. It also corresponds to the yang aspect of the personality, which is the masculine, the outgoing. So I thought this was a cool article. Thank you, Jenna, for writing this on your blog and for me to share. Um, go check which, whitewitchparlor.com out since I am using their stuff. I'm going to promote them a little bit here. Um, it's a cool little cute white witchy website. I appreciate it. She's like some cool candles and everything. Um, I'll check it out later just to give this girl some love. Um, but I, I thought it was really cool. I Googled it because usually I'll do a lot of research and a lot of times I have books just in my library that I read. I don't have any books on palmistry. Again, I'm a little surprised I haven't really dove into it um, through my spiritual exploration. It's just not where I had been guided to, even though it was probably my first, uh, you know, psychic related love as a child was palmistry. So, um, I am a little bit surprised in reflecting right now back on why that had never happened, but it hadn't. So anyway, I thought I would share this kind of brief introduction with you. So when we go into what Alice talks about, you know, a little bit more about it, you know, we all know what we think we, we perceive of it from like TV and movies and, you know, you imagine the really cool lady, you walk into the, 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 festival or the carnival or whatever, the tent, right? And they have their crystal ball, which let me tell you, I want one so freaking bad. I think I've told you guys this on the podcast before, but they have their crystal ball and then they grab your hand and you hear their bracelets, their gold bracelets jingle, that whole vibe. And part of it's true, part of it's not, right? Movie magic. So Alice will give you a much more realistic look at what all of this is in just a moment. But first, let me tell you about her. I found Alice Johnson, the psychic next door, when I was browsing through spiritual influencers on my very short-lived time on TikTok. Her palm reading work is what caught my attention. Psychic Alice is a spiritual healer, palmist, and empath who finds true joy in the gift of service to others by connecting people with their own spirituality and power. As a natural practitioner, Alice is an eighth-generation psychic and tarot card reader who has been reading for clients since the age of six. And I just, I absolutely love that. Can you imagine a little six-year-old doing this? Love. Alice embraces her gifts recently coming to the realization that she is a teacher. Her subject matter is your spiritual awakening and giving all who desire the accessibility to the parts of oneself that have not yet been uncovered or fully understood. Known on Instagram as Alex Psychic and the Psychic Next Door, Alice uses her abilities to inspire individuals to embrace themselves with full acceptance and self-love in preparation for their twin flame journey. She presents sage advice and unfiltered truths with a rare and human vulnerability, wit, 
laughter, and the occasional dance behind her favorite sparkly filter. I love her filters. Alice makes magic and healing accessible to everyone by sharing simple everyday ways to harness the power of color, breath, and sound to find grounding and balance. The stars as a guide, Alice uses astrology to offer insights of upcoming planetary shifts and transits and encourages followers to see the changes as a catalyst to move past their blockages and create happiness in their own lives. With more than 50,000 followers, Alice's original voice and compassionate kindness have led her to become an internationally recognized psychic and spiritual healer. Psychic Alice has been featured in numerous publications and podcasts, including Bad Examples and Stars Like Us. Let's welcome Alice to the show. Hi, Alice. We finally we finally got this working after some Mercury fun, did we? Yes. <laughs> but we're here. We made it work. <laughs> my my regular listeners know that I am always joking about how technology is failing me and that when I have high vibrational people, it's way worse. It's just not going to be our friend. So you guys, before we got on the official recording, we were talking about how Alice is not Mercury friendly, and I warned her that I'm not Mercury friendly. We're dealing with Mercury in retrograde tomorrow, but yet we're thinking that, you know, you don't need to go by the perfect cutoff. You know, it's going to, it's going to affect you beforehand. And Alice says she's been, how long has it been? Like eight, nine days. Yeah, like eight or nine days. I've been feeling it. I've been noticing little issues arise. I'm like, oh, it's Mercury. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) My call before this too, I was on a Zoom call for a PR meeting and out of nowhere, everyone froze. Every single thing on my computer started sending me warnings about it, it going out. So it oh wasn't my gosh. Like, and I was just like, this is when you throw your hands up in the air and just hope that they'll be there when you get back and reboot your computer. I'm just going to cut my losses. <laughs> Hilarious. Okay. It's not going to happen with this though. We're, we're connected. It will be fine. And hopefully we will, we will smooth flow. So, so excited that you're on with me. We've been talking about you coming on for a minute. I love what you do. You are probably the, yeah, no, not probably. You are the only person on TikTok I like. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Thank you. Wow. That's a huge compliment. Thank you. I found everybody. I found Alice uh, when I had my, my five seconds of thinking maybe I was going to start a TikTok (laughs) and I just could not keep up with what that requires, nor the energy that it requires. And it wasn't my vibe for me to be on, but I think it was just the perfect circumstance because I literally was just browsing psychic stuff and, you know, all the things I like. And I found Alice and I was like, she is so cool. She has cool things to share. She's entertaining. I like her vibe. And so her and I have connected and we have been planning on doing this podcast now for, I actually want to say, Alice, it's been like, I think five months, like at least. literally months. Yes. Months. And so... (laughs) And 2020, gosh, that flew by like freaking crazy. But so now we're here and everybody gets to finally hear all of the things, Alice. So let's start with your story because I I love your story. How did you get started with your spiritual work? So this is something that I've, I've always done. It has been in my family for eight generations. So I grew up in this. I grew up reading palms and, you know, doing tarot cards and just learning how to tap into my own energy. Um, I've been, I've been doing reading since I was six years old. I would, my grandmother started training me early on. 
like really early on, obviously. And she had her own place of business, her own like brick and mortar location. And her clients would come in, her regulars, and she would set them down and she'd be like, okay, girl, come over. <laughs> we There's a lot of us. So I'm, you know, hey, hey, girl, come over. And um, <laughs> I would read their palm. I would start looking at their palm and she would kind of set over me, like over my shoulder, making sure I was interpreting everything correctly, paying attention to the things I'm supposed to pay attention to. She taught me how to how to how to read palms, how to look at the mounts in your hands, how to understand what line connects to what and what it all means. So I've been doing this for a long time. I, I like the fact that you say you've been doing this since you were six, the first place my mind went was, oh my gosh, I wish I went to the same school as you. You would have been my bestest <laughs> friend. <laughs> I, I would have been like, I like her and she must be my friend. <laughs> I would have loved to be your friend. Yes. I would have been like every day at lunch, like, ready? Here's ready? my book. Okay, what does it say today? And what does it say? When am I going to get married? That would have been for me. That reason, <laughs> for that reason, I never wanted to tell people in school what I did or yeah. you know, what my mom did, what my grandmother did. I would stay quiet. However, I'm a twin. And my, I didn't know that yes, I'm a twin. We're not identical. We're fraternal, but uh -huh. my twin just thought it was the coolest thing to tell everyone, you know, what we do. And she would have a lineup outside at recess of people wanting to have their palms read. And I'd be like, what are you doing? What are you? Cause that wasn't my thing. It wasn't my vibe, but that was her vibe. And I was like, nope, that's not me. Sorry. Mm, okay, scratch that. I didn't want to be your friend. You I would have wanted to be her, wanted to be her friend. friend. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you would have been shutting me down. <laughs> I was the girl that like, at like, I don't know, six is awfully young. So that's amazing that you say six. But like, I don't know, like probably around like eight or nine, I started to do that. The, what are, what, oh my gosh, what teller? are those things called? The fortune paper thing. Yeah. What were those called? Were they called? Yeah, fortune tellers, like where it goes in different directions and folds Oh it. my yes. gosh, I was the queen. I made them all the time. I was never paying attention in school, just constantly going to the person near me. Oh my God, my favorite thing in the world. I saw something, I saw a picture of it on Instagram because I follow like random, yes. you know, if, if you were a kid in the 90s kind of thing. You mean like Botox that. Like, now. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm living. <laughs> So funny. Okay. So you learned palm reading through your grandmother, which is like the most amazing, authentic way that you could learn anything. But you've also told me about your background with handwriting analysis. Yes. And her story with that and your journey there. Yes. So can you tell us a little bit about Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Um, we, my grandmother and I, and my grandfather and my sisters, it's a whole family thing. We would do uh, festivals. We would do fairs. We would do um, things like that, um, entertainment wise. And early so on, fun. back in the day, we were not... We were not welcome. Psychics were not welcome. Psychics. Because people are crazy. That's yeah, why. Like, no, we don't believe in psychics. We don't want that here. <laughs> and, and this was their living. You know, this was how my family was yeah. living. So they um, would, would get into these festivals and they would start with handwriting analysis. They're like, no, we don't do palm reading. We are not, you know, psychic fortune tellers. We do handwriting analysis. And that is how <laughs> they would, you know, get in and, and start 
showing off what they could do. And so that was one of the things that I learned early on was handwriting analysis and how it actually does connect with palmistry. And you would, I would notice like, just as an example, if someone writes their name and it's like a John Hancock style, you know, it's real big and it has all this beautiful curvature to it. If you look at someone's palm, it resembles that signature in, in the sense of their lifeline will be bold. It will be a uh-huh. clear lifeline. Their um, headline, which is usually like business, career, and finance, will also usually be a strong, clear line. So all of these things make connections in between handwriting analysis, palmistry. They're all connected. At least that's been my experience. I, and I, you have some pretty good experience <laughs> since six years old. I think we'll go with your experience. So this is an intro to palm reading for many people listening, I'm sure. Um, and I would love to just kind of take a step back and have you explain to people what it all kind of consists of, right? Someone, someone comes to you and you look at their palm, which, by the way, I've also seen you do on TikTok, and I think it was TikTok, maybe Instagram, um, which I'm like, oh my gosh, she just straight up has someone do it on screen like that. And she looks at the palm. I love this. (laughs) Virtual. Um, So, you know, you take a look at a palm. What, tell everybody, you know, what are the main points, right? Like there's the lifeline. And so just kind of tell us all what the main lines are, not which ones they are or anything, but like, however you can just tell us real quick, like when you see something, what is it that it's telling you? The main things you want to look at in a palm, there are three main lines. There's a lifeline and everyone is almost familiar or they heard of the lifeline. Um, There's a headline and there's a love line. Um, What they kind of represent, everyone thinks that a lifeline represents how long a person is going to live. And that's not necessarily true. The lifeline talks about how you're going to live. Are you going to live a life that is fulfilling, that is true to yourself? That's what a lifeline tells you. Um, The other line that we look at, the major line is, is again the headline. Sometimes it's referred to as the business line or the career line, but that's what's in that line. It's also how do you make decisions? It's called the headline. So it's, it's your choices that you make. It's how you view the world. Your love line, obviously, is love and relationships. What type of lover are you? What type of love do you need back in return? Where are some of your obstacles maybe when it comes to love and relationships? Those are the three main lines that we look at. And then the other huge factors are your thumb. Thumbs are so important in palmistry, the length of the thumb, the shape of the thumb. You want to look at the shape of the palm in a hole in itself. How long is it? Is it short? Is it long? All of these things mean something specific. Um, Another thing that I'd like to point out with palmistry, what is the information that you actually get in a palm? What is the difference between palms and say tarot cards. Palms are personal. Palms are very personality based and they talk about the type of person that you are, who you are at your core. And one of the things I always tell people is that you have to remember we have free will. 
So what is in your palm is maybe what is meant to be or, or the path that you're on, but we have free will. We can change certain things that we don't like about ourselves. We all get to grow and evolve and lines do change in your palms depending on these different choices and these different paths that you take. So with palms, yes, they tell you who you are. They also tell you essentially what is meant to be for you. And they just give you a deeper insight into yourself. Whereas like the tarot cards, you know what I'm talking about with the tarot. They go everywhere. <laughs> they tell you a little bit of everything. So how do palms change though? What do you mean palms change? Like do they like yeah, actually the, lines, the way your palm your looks changes? Change. The lines and change? your finger shapes will start to change too. Like if we look at just as an example, someone with arthritis, for an example, mm -hmm. obviously mm -hmm. their shape of their palm is going to change over the course of time. But in right. the way that it changes, it means different things. So normally like finger curvature, finger curvature, mm -hmm. depending on if it goes to the left, if it goes to the right, if it's your index finger, if it's your middle finger, whatever, they all mean something different. Um, but it's mostly lines that do change. For example, your left hand, I always read the left hand of someone as your past and a little bit of your present. And then I read the right hand as your present and your future. So it's usually the right hand that we will start to see some change in. Um, one of the things, an example from my own palm, in my left hand, I have my lifeline is very much connected to my headline, which means that I was someone in the past who was very close to family, very uh, dependent on them. I needed them to, to lead me, okay, to show me the way. I depended on them so much. And then we look over at my right hand and that line has changed completely. It is not the same line. My lifeline no longer connects to my headline. There's a gap here, which talks about my growth, my independence, saying that I've, I've been able to overcome some of their, you know, thoughts and feelings and, and what have, and I've been able to create my own ways and, and versions of things. So that's just an example of how lines can change over time. Wow, that's amazing. So it would be interesting for someone to have their palms read and then 10 years later have it yes. read again and, and just see that yes. difference. Well, actually, okay, this is a question that just popped in my head. How often would someone see a palm reader? You know what I mean? Like, is it like sort of a, not a one and done because right. we're literally talking about how someone will come back later because palms change, but unlike, you know, and obviously you do all the things and you're a psychic and, you know, so we're just talking about palmistry right now though. How so? Do you see people come back to you on a regular basis for palm or palm no. And I don't recommend it. Yeah, okay. I recommend like years. It takes years for your lines to change. Yeah. I've noticed, you know, throughout the course of of the years that I've been doing this, we all tend to go through like nine year cycles, and it feels like that nine year cycle is kind of what matches up with the palms. It takes about you know nine years or so for those lines to change. And they don't just change overnight. I mean, it's a gradual thing, but mm -hmm. they do definitely change. And another thing that I want to mention, just something that popped in my head about palms and people ask me all the time, what hand are we supposed to read? Do you read the left hand or you read the right hand? 
And um, another thing to remember is that the left palm, it's your mental side. The left, your left hand talks about your, the way you think, the way you, you come up with your choices and your decisions just in general. And then your right hand is your action side. So that's the palm that talks about how do you actually get things done? So that's another thing to take into consideration when you are reading palms, you can understand what kind of thinker someone is. And then are they mm. able to actually make this a reality? Can they put it together? Oh, wow. Yeah, putting the two <laughs> and two together to really, I love that. This is giving me such a blast from the past because, you know, I grew up with a mom that was definitely into this stuff. Um, and, you know, it, oddly enough, it was kind of her personal thing. She didn't really bring me into it. I was just around it. So I remember going to like her friend's house and they would do the uh, Turkish yes. coffee and the grinds and, you know, and, and someone would read those. And I was always fascinated by it, which now we all understand why <laughs> I was, but I, there was palm reading and I remember seeing it and like walking away as a kid and someone giving me like a few notes of like these lines mean how many children you're, you're either meant to have or, you know, things like that. And, um, it's, it's just so funny. Cause I like literally, as you're talking about, had this flashback of like looking back at my hands and just seeing my little kid hands and being like, but actually the lifeline, I, I have a memory of how lifeline was how long you'll live. And so just falsities. Right. And, um, I remember it had to do something with like where it cuts in between yes. these two fingers, like that mattered yes. for something. But I think it was just, you know, <laughs> twisted for me or as a kid, I heard it wrong or whatever it was. So I'm just like having all these flashbacks and you guys, again, you guys can't see me. Uh, but as Alice is talking, I'm like showing her like randomly putting my palm at the screen, like all blurry too. I'm like, eh. but um, it's, it's just so fun. I'm so fascinated by all of this. Okay. So let's talk about, an interesting past experience that you've had with a client? Like, does anything pop into mind that would be like an interesting story? Girl, to there talk? are so many. There are so many. <laughs> Pick one. Let's just start okay, with one. Okay, let's start with one. Um, <laughs> um, whenever I have my clients come in, you know, pre-COVID and, and they would come in person and I always tell them, okay, sit down and let's shuffle the cards. Shuffle the cards however you see fit. And I once had someone come in and sat down with me. And the way that they chose to shuffle the cards, they threw the entire deck up in the air. The entire deck. It went everywhere. It, it took us, I don't know how long to pack up all the cards, but that is how they chose to shuffle. It was like, are they mixed good? Did I do good? So how did that, okay, this is hilarious. Like, so they threw them in the air. You know, was it... <laughs> Was it kind of oh, up it was the air up in the air, and then they just let yes, it fall? was up in the air above their head. I mean, not like it wasn't like ten feet in the air, but it was about a good five six inches above their head. You know, I'm gonna try enough. that later. It was enough, <laughs> and they just went everywhere. I didn't, I did not try to help this person pick up the cards because in my <laughs> brain, I was like, okay, this is their shuffle. This is, I'm not supposed to. Right, right. Interesting. Okay. With my energy. So like, I want to help you pick these up, but it's your shuffle. You, you kind of have to do it. So they picked them all up and then what they did just, they do? They you just, know, like, did, did no, you tell them I to shuffle not, again or they not. just put they them just out? They handed me the deck. I was like, okay, put it together. And they just handed it to me. And then I just did my thing. <laughs> um, but ever since then, whenever it comes time to shuffle the cards, I tell people, I still tell them, you know, shuffle however you see fit, as long as you don't throw the deck up in the air. 
it's fine. You could do it however you want. When you say that, are people like, obviously, I'm not going to throw it in the air? Or are they like, oh, yeah, no, good. I'm glad you just told me because that was the first thing I was going to do. I've only had one person tell me that, like, oh, I'm glad you told me that because I was going to do that. Only once that I had someone tell me that. But, you know, I was, like, proud of myself. I was like, okay, well, at least I told them not to. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. (laughs) Oh. Well, okay, so this is just a random question because we're talking about cards for half a second, even though this is our palmistry episode. Um, you know, do you think that when they threw them up in the air, if, like, one had shown its face, like, would have would that have been something you would have played into it, or would you have still been, like, pick them all up and uh, There were do it, though, some that you know? did show face, and I was like, nope, we're just going to yeah. pick them up. We're not going to okay. read them like that yet. We're just going to pick them up, and however – when I read cards, I read from the top and I, you know, I flip them over. So that's how I chose to mm-hmm. do it that day. <laughs> okay. Just my own personal curiosities. <laughs> so do you have any stories about, you know, any other clients that perhaps you've, you've really helped through your work? You know, this is, this is a yes. healing podcast. So I always like to kind of bring it yes. back to that. So can you think of something? Um, okay, I, awesome. you know, I always get my, my favorite clients are the skeptics. Those are my favorite ones. I know I roll, right? But they are. They are my favorite because when they come in and, you know, whether it's a Zoom session or whatever it is, and I I start telling them the reality of what's going on and you see that face change and you feel their vibe change and then they tell you afterwards, I didn't think this was real. I didn't think that you would call me out like that. I didn't think that you would know what yeah. was going on, but you did. And thank you for giving me the insight that I needed. That is always my favorite, favorite thing. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I help people with is healing in general. I do sound healing. I do, you know, I help people with fertility healing. Those are my favorite clients. I love helping people with the fertility aspect of things. And just recently, um, someone who is also on a podcast, we did a fertility blessing for them. And um, they, mm. they tried for a long time to have some babies and we did a fertility blessing and then they popped up pregnant last January and their, their baby's getting ready to have their one year birthday. So awesome yay (laughs) that's amazing I I I happened upon a fertility client um it's not something in any way or shape or form I have ever said I can do and I've never still am saying that I am like I'm that person but I had it you know a client that was coming in for healing and she had, had lost her baby um and so it was a healing for the trauma of that but then she was like you know can you help me get pregnant again? And it was so fascinating because this happened to me twice in uh, within a matter of two months with two different clients that year. And um, their babies just came to me, their spirit of the baby and said, the body wasn't right for me. Please let my mommy know it wasn't her fault and that I'm going to be back. And I was able to predict their pregnancy was to the month. Um, because the baby told me like when the baby was coming that back. So that's so my just cool fertility story to add because it was incredible. And um, I think I might've saved the text of one of them that texted me and she was like, I'm freaking pregnant. 
this is the month you said this that. is insane and I was like screenshot gotta say that, that. that's crazy but yeah I mean I hear you about skeptics and you know again people can't see me but yes you <laughs> called me out on my eye roll like you know I totally respect and love to hear you say that you love the skeptics because it is about opening people's minds to this not being there's plenty of other jobs that we could have. There's plenty of other things that we could do. We don't do this because we need the money. We do this because we love it. And because it's like, you know, for various reasons, but, and people don't get that, you know, and it does suck because for some weird reason, there are people who are fakes out there that, but, but those people are just con artists in general. They would have conned anything they could find to con. And then there's the middle ground person who, okay, I'm going on a tangent because my whole point was skeptics, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go here next. So then there's the middle ground of the people who I've at least found who have the completely right intentions. They're just not very good at it. <laughs> right. And, you know, they've, they've tried so hard to like read me. And, and for me, I've seen a lot of mediums that just can't do it. And they'll be like, there's this woman and she's dressed so eccentrically behind you. And she says that she was your neighbor and, all these, and I'm just like, really, no, like, yeah. I'm so sorry. Like, I want to be open and help you learn and, you know, whatever it is. But so there's not always people that have like bad intentions either. They just can't do it. But it does suck because that's who the skeptics mm-hmm. kind of lump everybody else in with, right? Bringing it back to the skeptics. For me, if you're skeptical, because my job, I, I, I put so much more into the healing side than anything with the psychic reads and whatnot. I feel like if they're closed off, you heal yourself. Like I'm trying to find my words here. And if someone's coming to me and they're closed off, and I think I, I, I was thinking about this last night. Yeah, I was like actually reflecting on this where you heal yourself. So if you're coming into something and you're asking someone to heal you and you're a skeptic, it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. And even with a reading, it's just not going to work sometimes because they have the wall up, you know? So that's why when you bring a skeptic up, I'm like, oh, like, why should we, quote unquote, waste our time with people who just don't believe because they're not going, you know, when they finally choose to believe or when they open up, come back to me. I will, with open arms, embrace you. And, you know, I'm, I'm always for someone who, who wants to yes. have, like, a healthy conversation. And is it echoing for no. you in any way? Because I'm like hearing an echo and I'm like, oh, Mercury, oh, are you coming for me right now? Oh, sorry. All right. Hopefully the listeners won't hear what I'm hearing too. So, you know, I, I'm all about like the healthy conversation. I have been married to a skeptic, you know, and who's known about me since I was 16 years old, who was like, okay, sure. Like, that'll be interesting, you know, but um so, I mean, I can, I can handle when they respect it, but they're like, I don't get it, but okay, yeah. you know, whatever. But when people are coming to you just to like have the intention of like, you're not real and I'm going to prove you wrong. I just can't with that energy. But do you, are you like, I, well, see, I have, a, I have a really different experience. You know, I have the experience of, like I said, doing this since I was six years old and doing this at, yeah. at festivals where there are beer tents and people want to get drunk and then come and sit down with a psychic and try to prove them wrong. Oh. And I grew up watching my grandmother handle those situations. And she was a badass. She was such a badass. And she would... She'd call him out. She would just call him out and just say what it was. 
And I, I saw that, I saw how she handled that. And so I'm bad and I choose to go at it that way. And I choose to, when these skeptics come in, if it's someone who's being really disrespectful, I won't waste my time. It's not worth my time. It's not worth my energy. But if I have someone coming in and who is a skeptic, more of they're just laughing, it's just, it's a joke for them. I'd be like, sit down. Let's see what we've got going on for you. This is funny. <laughs> it's a joke. Come on, let's see what's so funny. Like I will set and I will read for them. And yes, you're right. When they have their walls up, it is difficult to get through those walls. It's really it hard. Is. And that's when I, you know, rely more or less on my intuition and what I'm feeling because you can't feel a vibration yeah. from this person if they're closed off. And I start to, okay, well, let me look right. at the actual palm. Let me look at what is actually here because that's, that's not my intuition. That is, this is your fate and destiny, baby. It is written here. So yeah, let's go at good it. point. <laughs> So there's, no. there's no hiding there. They like, they like give you their palm and exactly. they keep kind of closing their hand exactly. on you. No, so you can't on. see. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, th that's, I suppose you're completely right with that. That's the one thing. I mean, even with tarot, if they're closed off, exactly. the cards might not come up how they should, but the you palms. cannot hide nope. the palms. I love that. So, you know, we're talking about, you know, we, we naturally got into the, the conversation about, you know, skeptics and how there are con artists and people who aren't so good. What do you find that people should look for as far as red flags? Like, and then I want to talk about the signs of the signs of a great palm reader. And, and in general, you could talk about red flags for anybody who does tarot and all the things, but I, I specifically want to talk about palmistry here. So you know, how do you know if you're going to the right person? You know, some people hate on um, the people who are yeah. just like offering what they do, yeah. um, like on the street corner, even though I don't think there's anything wrong. I'm like, she's been doing it since 1970. Leave her alone. She's legit. You don't know for sure. But what do you think? What are some what are some red flags? And, and how do you think that people should kind of you, run for the hills if they, if like, what clicked, is it that you, you think clicked they see something that they in my brain run for the when you said, you know, there are the people out there who do it on the street corner and those, those people that do it, just like you said, they have been out there for years. They have been doing it for years. And usually you will find those people hanging right outside their place of business or, you know, nearby it essentially. And usually those people are legit. However, if you find yourself in a grocery store, if you find yourself in a mall, if you find yourself on your social media and a psychic pops up in your DMs or pops up in your face and just is like, I have a message for you. I have to tell you something. <laughs> I always see that as a red flag. I always see that as a red flag. It, in my experience, it has never led to anything that was legit or good. Now, specifically in, in palm reading, ask your palm reader, what, what are they seeing? Where are they getting this information from? Can they tell you what does this line mean versus this other line? Can they give you that information? How do you know when you don't know what to compare it to? You know what I mean? Like if you walking in and you don't know what they're going to say is, you know, and, and again, you're even saying yep. that it's someone at their core. So you like a great palm reader might say things that you're like, 
uh, no, because they're just fighting who they really are or whatever. So how do you know? How, you know, what are Familiarize your Familiarize yourself a little bit with palmistry or even with the tarot for that matter, before you go into a psychic, before you go into a reader and just, you don't have to know what you're looking at. You don't have to know what anything means at all, but you should familiarize yourself with the names of the lines, familiarize with lifeline, headline, love line, girdle of Venus. If your palm reader cannot tell you where the girdle of Venus is, like learn that. I tell everyone listening to this podcast, realize that the girdle of Venus is right around your thumb. And if you go to a palm reader and they don't know where that girdle of Venus is, you should run. (laughs) You should run. (laughs) So what are some great signs of the palm reader that you do want? Like, you know, what what do you think you should look for on um, on the plus side? I have been doing palm readings on TikTok and they're very like mini little readings because it's hard to really see the lines and and do it, right? But outside of that, if you're going to, like I don't charge people for my palm readings because there's no point in doing it like virtually. You're not going to get the most accurate reading virtually as you would if you were in person. So that's one of the things to think about is you really would want to do it in person. That's interesting. Why? Because you want your palm reader to actually touch your hand. These things are important. The firmness of your hand, how soft it is, where your different mouths are. I, I do. I touch a person's hand. I feel the back of their hand, their skin, the texture of it. All of these things mean something. So your palm reader should be examining you and not just, okay, yep, let me look at your hands. Thank you. Bye. It, it should be a little more invasive. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good information. And, and at the end of the day, I always feel like, you know, go with who you might know has been recommended through someone maybe you already know or, you know. Because that's, that's the easiest way is just if they have a good track record and because even testimonials, you can just like make, I hate, I hated when I first started and I put my testimonials up. Cause I was literally, <laughs> even though mine were real, I was like, how does somebody know who, you know, Jennifer Z would be like, you know what I mean? So it's like, yes. it doesn't really mean anything. And you know, word of mouth is everything, just having someone. And, and that's what I love about being able to have my podcast because I'm like, these are people I feel intuitively right about or I've had experiences with. And, you know, so go with perhaps suggestions. You know, it is really hard to just go on, I don't know, like Yelp and type in palm reader. And, and you know, and trust sure your intuition right too. Trust your intuition. How do you Definitely. feel with this person? Another thing, people might have a gift. They might really possess that gift, but maybe you don't vibe with that person. And that's okay. That's okay. Go with how you feel. You know, what do you feel? Do you feel excited? Do you feel happy? Do you feel connected? Or do you feel a little icky? Trust your intuitions. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So do you recommend any books that people can check out regarding palmistry and palm reading? Where can people look into what you're saying? You know, educate yourself a little bit. So where can we find out about this girdle? Uh, about the girdle of Venus, I will tell you. So one of the one of the books that I first started reading for palmistry when I was a kid, um, it's this tiny. It's so tiny. It's a tiny little book. It's probably like three inches tall. It's a miniature book, but it's called Palm Reading: A Little Guide to Life Secrets, and the author is Dennis Fairchild. 
It is so simple to read. It makes everything just, you can understand it when you read it. It is, it doesn't go into a whole lot of descriptors, but it gives you the basics. Um, if you have already learned the basics and you want to go a little bit deeper into things, another great book is called The Art and Science of Handreading, and that is by Ellen Goldberg. And it goes more in depth into the palm shape and into those mounts and your finger shapes. It gives you so much more information and also the science behind it as well. I love when there's science behind something for, again, those skeptics that need that part. I don't need that whatsoever because I just believe, but yes, I love that. Okay. Thank you for that. So we have Alice Johnson here, the psychic next door, which I'm like, oh, I love it. The psychic next door. I wish you were next door, girl. She can be found on Instagram at Alice Psychic and TikTok at the psychic next door. And Alice, you can how work do people with work with you? <laughs> How they find you Absolutely. after they you find you? How do they website, set it up? I should say. Psychic.com and book a session. All sessions can be done via Zoom or over the phone. So we're COVID friendly out here. <laughs> <laughs> and and unfortunately, people can't no, get a palm read really then because of palm readings is through TikTok right now because I just I can't justify. It's not worth it. Yeah. It is not worth it to. I love that about you. That's amazing. And I, I respect that so very much. And yes, so everybody check out Alice. She's so fun on social media. She's so wise. I love the extra information that she has to share with people. So thank you so much for coming on, Alice. It's thank so fun. Thank you for and having do this me. Again. I truly appreciate you. Thank you for letting me in your space today. I always like to bring everything back to healing and how it's healing. And just with any other modality that, you know, tarot cards and uh, astrology, anything that really helps you with your self-development and inner workings, I really believe that palmistry is the same. And if that is what calls you, definitely dive into this more, look into it, check out the books that Alice recommended, check out what Alice has to say online and follow her. It's so cool. And again, I just have such a childhood love for all things palm reading. And it's so special to me. And I was so excited to do this episode. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I'll catch you on the next one. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you like what you heard, please take a moment to subscribe and rate and review it wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'd really appreciate that. You can also find me on Instagram at Healing with Mona and visit my website at www.consciousheelingco.com and send me a message there if you want to work with me one-on-one. Until next time, this is Mona Loring signing off and sending you all the good vibes.